Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 371 of Linux in the Hampshire. And this is our Weekender Edition, and I'm going to have to look up and see which one it is. Okay, this one is number 40, no, 58, 58. Creature? I think so. <laughs> I think I, I, six. I think I was wrong last time. I think it was one off. But this one is number 58. So we've been doing them a little while. And, of course, the Weekender is our, our dive into... The wonderful things in life, the things that make life worth living, like amateur radio contests and open source events and things like that. But then we get into wine, women, and song. And I guess we should say like wine, men, women, and song. I don't want to be sexist about it anymore because, you know, people get all uptight about that kind of stuff. What, what about what non-binaries, you too? You got to get those here. Oh, that's right. Okay, so wine, LBGTQ. And song, and I guess we don't want to leave out books because song is prejudicial to books. And uh, well, just get anyway, up. <laughs> anyway, this is the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet, and we will talk about some amateur radio and open source topics tonight, and then we'll get to the good stuff. But before we do that, we'll introduce ourselves. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. I'm Bill, NE4RD. And uh, down in the radio wilderness, you've got Richard, KB5JBV, from his cardboard box on the Trinity River. Well, I thought you moved away from the Trinity River, though. Does that flow through no, Terrell? No, wasn't yeah. he? He was under a overpass or something. No, no, no. He was down down by the river, the Trinity River, oh, was in he? a cardboard okay. box. Okay. Yeah. okay, We have to cross over it to get into Texas. Well, there you go. We, we we don't we cross over the red river to get into texas but that's a different story so anyway let's start with this weekend in amateur radio and bill's going to tell us about some upcoming contests that's right i got a couple uh got some couple of ones coming this weekend we got the awrl eme contest and it runs from zero zulu october 10th to 2359 zulu october 11th and this is the the obtainium one for most people uh yeah it's uh six meters through uh 1.2 gigahertz and of course, modes are single sideband CW and digital. So, uh, point your antenna at the moon and, uh, CQ, CQ, CQ. Uh, the link to the uh, rules are in the show notes. So check that out. Uh, this weekend, we also have Oceana DX contest. Uh, this follows up the, uh, the one we had in the last, uh, weekender. This is the CW version and it runs from 0600 Zulu. October 10th to 0600 Zulu, October 11th. Bands are 160 through 10, no work. And uh, same rules apply as the single sideband contest. So uh, have fun with uh, a little dits and daws and all that other good stuff. Our state CUSA party challenges for this week. 
Let's see. We have uh, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and South Dakota. So we got four of them going on at once. So uh should be quite a bit of activity on the bands this weekend. So uh, get on HF and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully the bands will be uh, not you know, quiet of noise and uh, loud with signals. So uh, next weekend we have the Worked All Germany contest. This one runs from 1500 Zulu, October 17th to 1459 Zulu, October 18th. Bands there are 80 meters through 10 meters, no work. Uh, modes are single sideband and CW. Do pay attention to the uh, the rules on that. The Worked All Germany contest is also run the same time Jamboree on the Air is, and they recommend that your operating frequencies stay below the scouting frequencies, which are generally like around 290, so like 14, 290, and uh, uh, so on and so forth. But it's all in their rule book, so just check it out. That's a gentleman's agreement on uh, where you're at for the Worked All Germany contest. Uh, link to the rules are in the show notes. Also, we have the uh, Stu Perry Top Band Challenge is uh, coming up uh, the next uh, weekend. It's 1500 Zulu, October 17th to 1500 Zulu, October 18th. And Top Band means 160 meters, so you're going to be at 160 meters. And, of course, CW, uh, just because the band is so loud and noisy. (laughs) Why are they still calling it Top Band? Because it's no longer the Top Band. Yeah, I know. We got a couple of, well, actually, we two or three now that are even uh, um, longer than that. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they'll just, they'll keep it until at such time that more people participate in the other bands. And, uh, yeah, obviously there'd be more equipment for it. Um, obviously some, some of the equipment currently can be modified to, uh, operate down there, but there, uh, are no specific filtering and stuff like that for that. But anyway, uh, link to the rules are in the show notes and, uh, this, uh, uh, that next weekend is the end of all the state QSO party challenges on the calendar, and it finishes up with New York and Illinois. So uh, if you haven't gotten into doing that state QSO party challenge, uh, you can you can go ahead and pick up a couple of them. <laughs> but after uh, New York and Illinois, there are no more for the rest of the year because we get back into uh, you know the bigger the bigger contests, the bigger DX contests and stuff like that that take precedent over those. So uh, so yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of amateur radio activity over the next two weekends. Yeah, especially with that stuff in the southwest for this weekend with Nevada and Arizona, that should be fun. A lot of a lot of hams down there. So, and of course, they'll all be enjoying the cooler weather, so they're going to be like on the air in their RVs, absolutely, yeah, quartzite. <laughs> uh, anyway, so moving on from that, we have some amateur radio special events we want to mention. The first one is the third annual Get Your Parks On. We mentioned this in the last weekender. But it's still upcoming, so we go ahead and mention it again. This is from October 10th through October 18th, all day, every day. Call signs are various because there are lots of parks on the air. Uh, they'll be operating on or about 7044, 10124, 14044, and 14244, CW and SSB, and potentially other bands and modes. So just look around, see what's available. The event is open to amateur radio operators around the world and is sponsored by the U.S. affiliate of the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Organization. During this international and on-the-air celebration, hams throughout the world can participate in one of two ways. First, hams can be activators who will set up and operate their radio stations in geological and nature centers, be they places like national or state parks, national monuments, protected nature habitats, or national or state forests. Or they can be hunters that will operate from their home stations, search out the activators, and make over-the-air radio contacts and fire their 22s in the house. Operators from around the world are encouraged to participate. The link, of course, will be in the show notes. 
And then, Bill, you can go ahead and do the next one, and then I'll I'll wrap up. Yeah, as I mentioned before, Jamboree on the Air and Jamboree on the Internet is uh, that same weekend as the Worked All Germany contest. It's, uh, of course, the world's largest digital and radio scouting event that promotes friendship and global citizenship. And that's October 16th through the 18th. Um, link to that is in the show notes. And we'll um, you can also find more information on uh, the joda.jody.info site and the K2BSA site for uh, any kind of COVID guidelines and stuff like that. So be mindful of any local district, council, state, um, and national <laughs> COVID restrictions. Uh, and also check out the scouting restrictions as well. So, um, you know, definitely we want to be safe for this event uh, that happens every year. So uh, enjoy. All right. Very good. Jota Joti, participate because lots of, Potential amateur radio operators will be on the air, and we want to encourage that. And finally, we have the U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary 80th Anniversary Commemoration, which operates from October 18th through the 20th, 1,400 Zulu to 2,300 Zulu daily. Call sign for this special event will be November 4 Uniform. Frequencies on or about 7.07, 7 7.25, 14.07, and 14.25. Uh, I put single sideband and digital uh, because they put mainly digital modes on here, but there are certainly some voice frequencies involved there, and I don't know if they'll be doing any CW, but just tune around and see what you hear. And this is for the 80th anniversary of the United States Coast Guard Auxiliary QSL. Should be sent to KC4TIE. That's Kilo Charlie 4, Tango India Echo. A uh, special card will be returned with a self-addressed stamped envelope. So give that one a try if you want to get a card from N4U. All right. So moving on from there, we have no announcements, or at least I didn't have announcements. However, we do have a guest on the show tonight, and Richard has been putting out content on his uh, podcasts that I've been listening to, and they've been entertaining. So we'll let Richard go ahead and announce, or at least plug, the stuff he's doing right now. Oh, he's just telling y'all all that because I'm no lush and I deserve his sympathy. Uh, <laughs> all right, you're getting closer to form, dude. <laughs> well, there you go. And uh, guys, we're trying to revive a Resonant Frequencies Amateur Radio podcast. We uh, also are releasing some episodes of Richard Radio Adventures, which kind of looks that when uh, we went out of business a few years back. Uh, we're currently posting some videos over YouTube as well. Uh, look for my call sign or even my name and you'll be able to find it pretty easy. Um, we're just basically looking for y'all to come on over and visit us a while as we get back into the swing of things and uh, start talking about amateur radio. Uh, we've decided our new, uh, new motto over at the website is Elmering one episode at a time. So come over and see us at the website at uh, RF podcast.info uh over to youtube channel we're also there richard bailey uh kb5jbv until we're able to get it a better name uh we also have a page and a group over at facebook y'all in resonant frequency and i'm sure y'all will find it y'all come on by post some suggestions listen to the shows tell me where i've screwed up and we'll fix it or at least tell us what you want to hear and we'll see if we can't make that happen currently we're in the middle of our raspberry pi hotspot series and uh 
quite honestly, we're coming up with a lot of good stuff. If y'all have anything you'd like to add, questions, concerns, anything like that, please let me know. The email address is kb5jbv at gmail.com. kb5jbv at gmail.com. Now, I did that a whole lot better than I read that stuff a while ago. <laughs> That's because you weren't reading. So we, we don't know how to read either. We, we just kind of wing it. I say my call sign and stuff in my sleep all night long. Brenda tells me that I'm I'm like doing a re- doing a podcast and stuff in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, anyway, so check out Richard's Radio Adventures and the Resonant Frequency Podcast, which I have been doing, and they've been very entertaining, except for some of that really obnoxious noise from your uh, your friends next door. But other than that, no problems. I think we've just about got that figured out. I was going to sick the FCC on them, but uh, I'm going to try other avenues. <laughs> that reminds me of that story that was, who was it that posted that story? G7VRI about the town in England that was losing their broadband because of a something? An old TV set, yeah. An old TV set, <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> well, tonight we were having trouble maintaining the connection down on the reflector. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it was that of equipment over in the nursing home next door that was knocking us off of the wi-fi yeah that doesn't surprise me at all weird things happen because technology sucks <laughs> so anyway <laughs> oh, technology our friend no no it's bad maintenance that sucks <laughs> uh, i maintain technology sucks anyway moving on to the linux and the ham Shack ham radio challenge for this fortnight um i've been watching one of our listeners build antennas left and right when he should be working uh but (laughs) (laughs) he's uh he's obviously got a a hard on for making antennas lately so i figured we would say that if you want a challenge in amateur radio make yourself an antenna choose a type purpose materials and build an antenna anything from a simple j pole to a long wire dipole or even a crazy multi-element yagi so take it upon yourself to kit build and make yourself an antenna Come think of that, we just talked about on the last talked about that on the last radio adventures. Um, in fact, uh, I think I just re released the two resonant frequency episodes that talk about uh, wire antennas as well. So uh, y'all go take a look at that. Uh, yeah, build them antennas, show somebody up. <laughs> Speaking of which, how do I point my dipole at the moon? <laughs> <laughs> Hang it out flat. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's talk about this weekend in open source. And uh, we have a distribution you can try if you want to. We've had a couple of security-based distributions lately. This is another one. Uh, this one is based on Ubuntu, or specifically Zubuntu X1804, which is kind of old now, but, you know, security travels slow. Uh, this is, well, there's been some debate about how to pronounce this actually <laughs> uh i'm going to go with the karate kid version which is kodakai <laughs> uh or it could be kodachi or something like that i'm gonna lean towards kodachi on that one but not kodakai they have those down at the donut shop kodachi? <laughs> <laughs> oh no what's the actual thing kalaki kalaki's that's right yeah so so maybe it is so maybe it's kodaki 
maybe it's maybe it's uh, Kodaki in, in uh, reference to Kalakis. I but the thing is, a Kalachi is not spelled that way. No, I it think is, we I think. probably need to move on because we all sound like we're joking. K O L A C H E. K O L A C H E. Yeah, this is K O D A C H I. So it's sort of. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's a distribution, and uh, Linux Kodachi, Kodaki, Kalaki, anyway, whatever. Uh, is based on Zubuntu 18.04. It will provide you with a secure anti, anti-forensic and anonymous operating system. It's very easy to use. All you have to do is boot it up on your PC via USB drive. Then you should have a fully running operating system with established VPN connection, Tor connection, and DNS crypt service. No setup or Linux knowledge is required from your side. It has all been automated. The entire OS is functional from your temporary memory RAM, so once you shut it down, no traces left behind. All your activities are wiped out, and it's a live operating system that you can start on almost any computer from a DVD, USB stick, or SD card. It aims at preserving your privacy and anonymity. Woohoo, porno! <laughs> so you can take it to your local library and view all the porn you want. Uh, even on their Windows systems. So, unless they've cleverly updated the UEFI and blocked you out of the bootloader. Uh, so, but who knows how to do that, right? No one does that. <laughs> anyway, Cheryl, do you want to do any of these uh, open source events? No. I, I'm actually looking up. Um, oh, you're doing, you're doing like uh, research type stuff. I am doing research type stuff. Kodachi, as I'm assuming it's pronounced. Uh, because I don't want to listen to it right now, is a type of Japanese sword. So Kadachi makes more pronunciation sense than... Nah. It's Kodachi. Kodachi. It translates to to short Tachi or Taki, whatever, sword. <laughs> so. Well, we could find any number of other ways to butcher it so anyway do you want to read these stories or am i doing them? no just hang on a second let me listen to the pronunciation all right she's she's saying we could play it on my computer so everybody could hear it but well that's fine if you want to do that (laughs) oh bill could probably get to it faster than me but let's see (laughs) let's see who can do kodachi first let's see kodachi Kodachi pronunciation pronunciation. we're all going to play it all at the same time it's gonna be like "Ah!" okay here we go we would like to welcome you to Kodachi Linux. Yes. <laughs> Warren. Ah. Warren. What the hell? Stop. Warren. Go huh? away. Why is it doing Warren. that? Go away. <laughs> I don't know why it was doing that. Okay, it's not playing for me. Why is it not okay. playing? Yeah, it wasn't playing for me either. I want whatever yes. that computer's having. <laughs> All right. Here, let me try this one. Do you hear that? No. no. So we'll never know. Hang on. You can't hear Kodachi. that? Oh, wait. Yeah, I got it. It's Kodachi. Kodachi. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Kodachi. Okay. I just have to be loud enough. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Kodachi OS. Go try it if you want to. Otherwise, who cares? Anyway. <laughs> uh, so do you want to sure, do the... Sure, 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 right. sure. hate to keep I, badgering you. Oh, I got it in. <laughs> badger, badger. 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 <laughs> Uh, open source events let's do it yeah okay so the first one is ansible fest it is october 13th and 14th it is online of course and it is free yay um the little info blurb here is 
We're adapting our signature automation event into a free virtual experience to connect our communities with a wider audience to collaborate to solve problems. You'll meet developers, admins, and IT decision makers who are answering the challenge of change with flexible open source automation technologies that bridge where you are to where you want to go. Seasoned pros and brand new Ansible users alike can find answers and guidance for Red Hat Ansible Automation Platform, the enterprise solution for building and operating automation at scale. Join us in October and automate to connect, connect, or to connect, connect to collaborate, and collaborate to create. And the next thing is all sources, or excuse me, all things open. Wow, I'm reading all kinds of stuff here. October 19th and 20th uh, online. It is free to $129, free for everyone. Conference swag comes at a cost. And the little blurb here is three beliefs are at the core of what we do and what we have done since 2012. One, technology will continue to increase importance and influence as we move forward. Two, open source is at the core of innovation and remains a gateway to participation and opportunity. And three, live events and in-person communication and dialogue will continue to increase in importance and have never been more vital. Our focus on access, diversity, and inclusion and commitment to helping others has remained steadfast. We strongly believe you can do business differently and still be successful, which is why we worked hard to earn a certified B Corp certification in 2018. And information on both of those will be in the show notes. Yes, they certainly will. We did mention all things open on the last show as well, or the last weekend or anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it is still upcoming, uh, along with Ansible Fest, which is coming up very, very soon. So check those out. And I put in here an open source challenge for this fortnight, and that is try out an operating system snapshot solution for backup and instant rollback of your system in the case of problems or security during upgrades. I put this in there because the Linux Mint update procedures that I've been doing actually involved using uh what is the thing time slider something like that anyway it's an on it's an onboard operating system um snapshot creator so that you can do instant rollback in the case of an issue and it was designated so that if you <laughs> if your update from one version of linux mint to another one kind of went awry you had a way to recover and there are plenty of these solutions out there. I didn't enumerate any of them. I'll try and get a few of them into the show notes. Uh, but it might be worth your time to create some of these uh, instant rollback solutions, especially if you're doing a lot of updates to your system. So check those out. And, you know, Google's your friend. And maybe the show notes will be too. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, over the years, I've lost a lot of data over the years. Backups is definitely you need to stay up with, folks, because... Um, I've lost pictures of family and stuff like that. And it's getting to the point that, uh, well, I just purchased a backup drive from, and what was it? Netgear, Western Digital, something. It's already got the backup software on it and everything. All you got to do is plug it in and it's ready to go. Yeah. A lot of the appliances have their own software built in, kind of takes care of the backups and stuff for you. We talked about some of those on our backup solutions episode, which Cheryl might be able to quickly look up <laughs> which mm-hmm. episode that was. Uh, but we didn't really talk about snapshotting solutions. We were talking about like full backups and replication and uh, things like that. So uh, this is sort of a subset. I wouldn't rely on uh, something like uh, 
something like whatever I was using for Linux Mint and um, was a time machine for Mac OS and stuff like that for doing backups. Uh, but if you need to do a revert on your OS, they're very handy for that. Yeah, and you got file systems that allow you to do snapshots as well. Right, like ZFS and like ButterFS ZFS, yeah. and stuff ButterFS. like that. Yeah. It was episode yeah, 359. 359? Okay, there you go. So check that yeah, out. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, i got to figure out. I'm, I'm, I'm using this bugled uh, virus on this particular machine, so I've had to defend myself um, against data data loss. Yep, should be doing that every day. <laughs> well, I'm more confident when it's a Linux distribution. Yeah, aren't we all? All right, so we've come down to the end of our technical topics, and we're going to slide right on into hedonism, the stuff we all live for every fortnight. And Cheryl's going to lead us off, as she always does, with a recipe that was a favorite at a local restaurant and which she has made a couple of days ago for us because that local restaurant has since closed because, sadly, the proprietor of said restaurant passed away. And... um so she made one of the recipes that she used to make. She, the other she, <laughs> used Kim, to make. Kim yeah. used to make, yeah. And we had it, and it is fantastic. So go ahead and tell us what it is. Yeah, I don't know. You don't sound like you really like it. Well, I, I kind of do. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so- I, I like it, and I haven't even had it. <laughs> See, I went to all this work of like typing out a description for it, and you know, basically, to I sum- didn't take any no, of your you thunder. No, 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 no. <laughs> basically, to sum it up, I grew up, I, I literally grew up on spicy Korean barbecue at our little local Asian dive. Russ moved to Missouri from Maine in 2000, and that was one of the first things, probably within a month or so, of him living here that I introduced him to, and he loved it. Um, and as he mentioned. The owner, also known as Kim, passed away within the last year or so. Um, so that quickly put a screeching halt to our enjoying the Korean barbecue. So I have a friend that used to work there. I started quizzing him if he knew about any, you know, any recipes and he knows bits and pieces of some of them. So, uh, recently he said, well, you know, I remembered that they used this and they used that in it. So that, that started me kind of digging around on Google and, with some more quizzing, we both came up with the recipe that I used, and I think it was probably pretty close. It, it was, no, I told you when you made it that if it had been put on a plate in front of me and I didn't know where it came from and you told me it came from the restaurant, you I would, think it I came would from the not restaurant. argue right. with you. Yeah. All righty then. So anyway, the name of the dish is Bapsang. Uh, which some people also call spicy Korean bulgogi. Uh, I actually used, uh, the restaurant used chicken. I actually used pork. Um, but, uh, I, you know, it's probably doesn't really matter which way you go with it. So it calls for some thinly sliced pork. Uh, I used, uh, pork chops, uh, green onion, minced garlic, uh, minced ginger. Uh, gochujang or sriracha is a good substitute. Some red pepper flakes, soy sauce, mirin or rice wine, sesame oil, brown sugar, honey, black pepper, canola oil, and then sesame seed as a garnish. Um, the, the full recipe, of course, will be in the show notes, but, uh, we had it Monday night for dinner. We had leftovers tonight and apparently 
the chicken I have defrosting in the fridge is going to be... Uh, it's going to get the Bapsang treatment. For tomorrow night. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently Russ is going to get burned out on Bapsang pretty quick. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Although I was getting burned up on Bapsang the first night because... His uh, nose was running, his <laughs> eyes were running, yeah. Uh, we should we should probably warn people before they go ahead and make this. If you were listening to the ingredients, you will know that this stuff is hot. Um, yeah. Depending on your level of tolerance for hot food, it might not be that hot or it might be super hot. Uh, I found it... When... <laughs> go ahead. That's what happens when you grow up in the north. <laughs> he he likes spicy food but on a scale of one to ten i would put it at about a six i mean it's, yeah. it's pretty hot um but it's one of those hot it's one of those heats that you get used to pretty quick it's like it ramps up really fast and then it peaks and then it levels off and once you hit that level part then you can eat all the bop saying you want and you're fine yeah your so, stomach may not like it yeah so much, probably will hate you yeah. but <laughs> you might get that taco bell burn on the way out but uh <laughs> yeah it's really good stuff and if you like anything at least in the moderate spicy category you will love this it's fantastic mm. so let me insert a note here uh for those of you who had, did not grow up in the south where we do eat stuff that's kind of hot all the time uh, a little real butter or some milk will help uh, eliminate that burn uh, as you need it. Yeah, so I, we use milk. Yeah, Russ had milk, had a glass of milk with dinner the other night. Yep, so. and that made it perfect. So I always keep a little milk because it was definitely hot. Now, I will say that it was not as hot, not even by a quarter as of, what Kim's of, of used of the to way be. they used yeah. to make it at the restaurant. The restaurant <laughs> well, was hot. <laughs> well, but see, this is one thing we always noticed at the restaurant. There were some days that it was so hot you couldn't eat it. Other days it wasn't hot at all. It was like what I made. And then there were days that you could like because it was buffet style. You could dig through the pan if it looked dry. It wasn't as hot as the stuff that looked wet. <laughs> so Russ and I were like always digging for the drier looking pieces. And I think we figured out tonight with the leftovers. The leftovers were not as spicy tonight. So maybe it's the case of the stuff that was in the pan had been pulled out of the marinade and a bit out longer than yeah. the stuff that we cooked the other night because it came straight out of the marinade, marinade one on the grill. Tonight, it had been removed from the marinade, already cooked, and had time to kind of cool off in the fridge. So Yeah. Well, let me see if I can make Cheryl forget about the directions real um, the, A lot of the Tex-Mex restaurants around here make their uh, hot sauce once a week. And the further into the week you get, the hotter, the hotter it gets, the yeah. hot sauce gets. <laughs> so y'all probably want to go early or uh, at least eat it shortly after it's cooked if you're making it at home. Because it will end up curling the hair, your nose hairs, if you don't eat it soon enough. <laughs> I think that was kind of the problem Russ was having on Monday night with the BAP saying. <laughs> so. yeah. well, I will say, though, I, I don't mind heat as long as it's not for the sake of heat. If the heat brings flavor, then I'm all for it. And this does it in spades. Even though it's hot, the... The heat brings out the the mirror and the ginger and yeah of of the recipe. So if that's, it wasn't why, hot, yeah, if it wasn't hot, it wouldn't be as good. That's why I'm a fan of Fasco because once you get 
used to it, it really brings out the. Yep. Yep. All right, and you have a mixed drink that you want to talk about. Did yes. we? What did we talk about last time? Because you had a mixed drink. Was it, it wasn't this? No. Oh, okay. I don't remember what I did last time, but I don't know. You did something because that's why yeah, you introduced. No, well, yeah, no. Hang on. It was something I was drinking. Let me go see what it was. Uh, High tide. No, that. No, no that's, that's this, this week. <laughs> Trying to figure yeah, out. What you hang did on. Last, last time. week was. I'm getting through the ether pad. Uh, Homemade Bailey's. No, corn I, that's, that's what I did last Zod. time. Banana cookie, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's the same. You thing, called it something so. different. You, yeah. yeah, I just called it the high tide this time. So. All right. So, yeah, so no, no, I don't have drink recipes this week. <laughs> well, you have the same one. Just check in the show notes yeah, from the last episode. Yeah. You'll be fine. I, yeah, I just called it the banana cookie last time because that's what it tastes like. So okay. So while Bill normally dumpster dives in GitHub, I am dumpster diving on the whiskey bottom <laughs> shelf. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I've done a couple of bottom shelf whiskeys, and we're going to do another one this time. And this one is actually kind of interesting because once upon a time, apparently before 2009, this was actually a bourbon. And after 2009, they changed the formulation. It's no longer a bourbon. It is now considered a blended American whiskey because it is a bourbon, but it's mixed with neutral spirits, i.e., white lightning vodka some some something neutral else, spirit right. and once you blend whiskey with something else you can no longer call it bourbon so it is bourbon but it's mixed with something else right. so it's a blended american whiskey and what we're talking about here is 10 high you've probably seen this on the bottom shelf of your uh local liquor store um i keep it on hand because of all the bottom shelf stuff it's my probably close to my favorite mixer whiskey mixer so I kind of think they've changed the formulation and blended it so that it is a mixer, which means, as you can probably tell, as a whiskey to drink straight, it's total crap. <laughs> so uh, the description on this is 10 High Whiskey has been around since the 1930s until 2009. It was a straight bourbon whiskey. It's now a bourbon blend containing straight bourbon blended with a neutral spirit. It's bottled by Barton Distilling Company, part of Sazerac. And Sazerac makes some good stuff. Um uh, this isn't one of them, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we'll try to make this quick. The mash bill on this, from what I could research, is it's 75% corn, 15% rye, 10% barley, and apparently some proportion vodka. Um, proof on it is 80. They proof it down to 40% ABV. The region comes out of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, the color on it's a light caramel. Uh, that's probably because of the barrel aging being diluted by whatever they mix it with uh the nose on it is uh acetone (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i know that's what i always look for (laughs) and uh a little vanilla a little honey uh it's, it's not like it's just straight alcohol i mean there is something in there uh, the taste on it gives you a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of a grassy note, some barrel spice, and a whole lot of alcohol heat. So more acetone. <laughs> and the finish, uh, wow, I spilled spicy with an E. That's wrong. I was, um, I was cleaning <laughs> typos while you uh, The finish is a medium length, uh, spicy acetone finish without much flavor. It's just telling you that it's alcohol. That's pretty much all there is to it. So, <laughs> um, Funny thing about that, though, is when you're drinking it straight, you wish you weren't drinking it straight. So I would suggest dumping some Coke in it, because when you do that, it's pretty damn good. 
<laughs> uh, I'm not sure what it is about the particular formulation of Ten High that when you mix it with Coke, it actually makes it palatable. Uh, but it's not much of a drinker without it. Uh, the price on this is certainly acceptable for what it is. It's about $16. I think it's like fifteen seventy three at Walmart, something like that. Yeah. For a handle. So you're not exactly out a lot if you keep it on your bottom shelf. And I'm going to give this a 73 as a straight drinker because you can drink it, but I wouldn't suggest it. And you put it in Coke and uh, it, it goes well into the 80 plus range. So, I mean, it's definitely a mixer. Don't drink it straight. Uh, there's there's other bottom shelf stuff that's better than this uh, because it's actual bourbon or whatever. Uh, so there. That's all I have to say about 10 High. Sour Mass Blended American American whiskey. American. 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 And uh, Bill's going to tell us about the, the second bottle of uh, <laughs> what he's drinking. I haven't gone through that much, have I? Is this the fourth bottle? Oh, never mind. I don't, I don't know. I don't go, is it the fourth yeah. bottle? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I went and I, I bought another bottle of the Knob Creek Small Batch 9-year. It's it's that good that I was like, ah, I just, just didn't see anything else on the shelf that really said, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me. So I bought this again, and it's really good. Um, and I actually, I actually have it in a Jim Beam glass, which is kind of apropos since it, you know, same company. Right. <laughs> it's so. funny, while you were talking, I picked up the 10 high that I have left in my, <clears throat> well, what little bit I have left in my Glencairn, mm. and I distinctly got walnut. So I'm going to have to put that in the tasting notes. Is that because German shepherds were playing with walnuts earlier? Or what? No, those are black walnuts. This is, well, this yeah. is like, this is, well, actually it's, I'm going to, I'm going to change walnut to walnut shell because honestly it tastes like the dried, like if you were to like pull the walnut out of a walnut shell and lick, and, and the, lick shell? the shell, that's what Ew. it tastes like. A varnished shell, right? Yeah. <laughs> not the, not the, who does that? Not the outside of the shell, the inside of the shell. Who, like, who that ever have you ever went i think I i'm gonna lick this no, walnut it's shell like, it's, think of it <laughs> think of it metaphorically it's like it's like you you don't go there and you don't lick the inside of a walnut but if you pull the walnut out and what's left is like the tiniest essence of the fact that the shell contained a walnut that's what i'm talking about you've lost your mind <laughs> all right fine <laughs> Go back to licking your walnut shells in the corner. <laughs> Somebody out there is, knows exactly what I'm talking about. Whatever. So. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I agree. We actually, at the at the lab, we have a walnut shell. They use it for a grinding medium. <laughs> oh, there you go. Alrighty then. <laughs> so, so, Richard, I know you're drinking. What are you drinking? PBR? No, actually, uh, I've been reduced to drinking the king of beers. Now, I really hate the taste of beer in the first place. However, there are two or three that I do appreciate, uh, but uh, the king of beers is not one. However, y'all have to remember, for me, it's not about the pleasure of drinking. It's the fact that I have a delivery system for the alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Russ when I make cake. 
He just needs a delivery system for the butter. That's frame, right. I just need so. something for the frosting to be on. That's all. Yeah. Right. Something for the icing to stick on. So yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Uh, Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies are a delivery system for sugar. So <laughs> uh, short of going and getting a can of whipped cream and uh, whipped cream and taking it straight, uh, I have to deal with oatmeal cream pies. Oh, there's nothing better than aerosol whipped cream straight out of the can. I'll tell you exactly, exactly. <laughs> In fact, we'll we'll take a short uh, short break and uh, direct uh, off to the side a little bit. Uh, we we were talking uh, off air a while ago about Brookshire's uh, grocery stores here in Texas. Uh, Ten miles away, there's Brookshire's that creates these things that are called whoopie pies. Uh, I, on the other hand, call them orgasma cookies because they are a sugar cookie with. Uh, cake icing and another sugar sugar cookie. And let me tell you something, Nate, the best thing you ever put in your mouth. Well, the thing <laughs> is, that's that's technically not a whoopie pie that I'm aware of because traditional whoopie pie is devil's food cake, devil's food cake with, yeah. Yeah. with cream in the middle. So, yeah. Well, that's what they call them, and I call them orgasma cookies. So I really don't <laughs> give a shit as long as I get the sugar high. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I make chocolate chip cookies with buttercream on them for Russ. So with, yeah, yeah between the two so. well there you go there you go they you do have them in gross? chocolate chip they do huh? have them in chocolate chip but i prefer the sugar cookies did you say they were gross no i said they were to die for oh gotcha okay. i don't think that sounded like gross but okay whatever orgasma or cookie <laughs> <laughs> bacon sugar dunesbury all right let's move on to the I end of the show with, no i came up with a new drink recipe oh you came up with a new, oh you want us to jump all the way back up there what difference does it make? You guys are discussing booze. <laughs> All right, so, go for it. Oh, it okay. has vodka in it. No, you yeah. can't. You can't include it. Sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I misspelled too. So <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So my recipe for a drink is because I'm a vodka person and three sixty vodka. If you have a chance to get it where you live, is actually made uh, what two hundred miles from here. Yeah, it's yeah, just, just outside of Kansas City. Just outside of Kansas City. So anyway, 360 flavored vodkas, in my opinion, are some of the better flavored well, vodkas. Before, is it is it uh, Tequila Rose? They make that, right? They also make Kiki Beach. And yeah, Kiki yeah, Beach. Yeah. It is Tequila Rose, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they make Tequila Rose. Okay, the company is, is Holiday. It used to be... Um, McCormick. McCormick, right. Yeah. They but still make McCormick whiskey. But they, they do have products that are available nationwide, like... Uh, tequila rose and kiki beach so if you've seen those they're made by the same company that makes this 360 those have what five farms irish i think they import that they don't make it no they do make it oh they that, do make yeah, it no, according to their website they it, make it comes it. from county cork though okay anyway you can look up holiday it's not it's not it's holy <laughs> day it's h-o-l-l-a-d-a-y yeah. holiday and they make all this stuff. They make all kinds of stuff. Probably stuff you're familiar with, even if you can't get 360. But right, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, 360, they, they have tons of flavored vodkas. Um, we have most of the flavors they have available. We here. have quite a few of them. Yes. Yeah. Um, but my favorite, of course, is the vanilla. Second favorite is chocolate. But this recipe it uses their mandarin orange, they, which is uh, also they very They have a good. glazed donut vodka. They also have a glazed donut vodka, yeah. And they have watermelon <laughs> and, you know, you name it, they got it. So, anyway, um, this is this is using uh, their 360 mandarin orange. It's called the 360 orange soda. It's two 
ounces of 360 Mandarin Orange Vodka, uh, and the rest of it is, you know, lemon, lime, Sprite, something You can say Sprite. Like it's yeah, okay. We're yeah. not sponsored by anyone. Yeah, I so. know. So, um, add ice and the two ounces of Mandarin Orange to a glass, top it with the uh, Sprite or 7-Up or whatever you decide to use, and garnish with an orange wedge. And it is very tasty. Yeah, so. 360, they make a good product. They even have Huckleberry. Yeah, they do have <laughs> Huckleberry. So, they do um, have some bizarre flavors. But the Huckleberry vodka is actually really good. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's berry, so yeah. you can mix it with stuff. So. They have double chocolate, they have peach, they have Huckleberry, watermelon, pineapple, lime, mango, uh, Bing cherry, which the that's I think the only one that they it's make the that we, we don't, really don't like, like. Yeah. because it tastes like cherry cough syrup for whatever reason. The Sorrento lemon is amazing. Uh, Madagascar vanilla, apple, orange, grape, red raspberry, uh, barbecue, which we have not tried yet. It's Casey barbecue. It's Casey barbecue flavored. Uh, the one the people that I do know that have tried it said it's amazing. In Bloody in Marys. In Bloody Marys, which is probably yeah. its only purpose. But. Probably, yeah. And then they have um, Kansas City Chiefs 2019 World Champion Bottles. Uh, and then they have what they call a Patriot Limited Edition, which is probably just plain. It's just vodka. I'm yeah. Sure. So. Uh, okay. Anyway, we should probably get the hell out of here. We've we've rolled around in hedonism enough for this fortnight. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. That being said, we're going to try an outro and see how it works. <laughs> but we should mention the folks who are in the chat room tonight. We had Jonas Rulo and Don Casey9ZMY. A little bit light on the participation this evening. Well, we had the other right. Don, too. The other Don oh, we had Don. Oh, yes, we did. Don KB2YSI. He was in there. Didn't, no one bothered to put him in the list. So, you know, we missed him. <laughs> is that Whose job is that? Whoever sees Whoever. That. Yeah, exactly. Whoever's uh, checking. Whatever. <laughs> So anyway, thanks everybody who's been listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you found a little something in the amateur radio open source or world of hedonism to enjoy over the next 14 days. And we'll catch you back here for the 59th episode of the weekender, uh, whenever we get around to that one. So with that, we'll go ahead and close out episode number 371 of Linux in the ham shack. I'm Russ K five T U X. I'm trail W five M O O. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Oh, and that other guy, KB5JBV. We'll see y'all next time I'm around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, we will leave y'all with the uh, the words of G- Zippy Gillette. I've had to, uh, had to go to that because I really didn't have anything wonderful tonight. So, my canine companion, uh, Scooter, tells me that he wrestles with his demons every day. Looking at him, I would imagine that one of them is a hairdresser. The sayings of Jippy, Zippy Gillette. for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at 
lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freeload Network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.